Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. Today I'm going to chat to Lara. Uh, she's a nutrition student, been helping out with a few things and we're going to pull her onto the podcast to chat about some nutrition myths because we find even when you're studying or when you're learning or when you're looking online, there's so many different things out there. It can be really frustrating to find your way between those things. And Lara, you probably found like when you you started studying you might have had some ideas about you know some nutrition stuff and then you started studying and it might even be slightly different than what you thought yeah definitely I feel like there's so much stuff on the internet that you can read and go oh yeah and then now that I've started studying it it's not necessarily the case yeah 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 and then there's that whole thing of like anything can be right as well like like for some people keto is right and works for them and then other people it doesn't work for them so it's I feel like you can find science to back anything these days yeah definitely probably the hardest thing as well because then it's like as nutritionists where do we stand because I mean, if we can find pros and cons for everything, how do we decide what's actually the best approach for your clients? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so for those listening, go, yes, I really resonate with that. And I feel like I've been struggling with a lot of like, I guess the media side of things and really understanding nutrition stuff, make sure you reach out to people that you trust. So when you're looking for information, like, yes, if you're studying like Lara's, then you're getting some trusted resources. If you have a practitioner, turn to them and ask them for support. Um, Otherwise look for, there'll be people in the industry who you really trust. Like for me, when it comes to hormones, it's like Lara Bryden or Jolene Brighton Mm -hmm. or, you know, some of those real key guru people when it comes to gut stuff I have a few people that I really turn to as well like um, Dr Nicole Jairobi for SIBO staff and I think it's really important for someone who's just sort of getting into the whole health and wellness space to find a nutritionist that you trust and then be sort of like higher up level like okay who is Sheridan getting her information from and who's Lara turning to to tell me that I should be eating fats in my diet so definitely question everything we don't yeah. know everything <laughs> and what we learn sort of you know is it pulls into everything else as well so yes. one of the big things that comes up quite regularly is that a gluten-free diet is healthier can you talk to us through that a little bit why that might be the case who it might be beneficial for and what actually gluten is Yeah, definitely. So a gluten-free diet can be beneficial for some individuals, say with like celiac disease, uh, gluten sensitivity or gut issues like IBS. Um, But if you're not suffering from any of these like conditions, sometimes a gluten-free diet isn't actually that suitable for you. Um, So gluten is a protein that's found in gluten products and it's um, their names are 
glutein. I can never pronounce it. I know, I know. I always say the second one, glidian. Yeah, glidian. It actually comes up in the stool test. You can see glidian sensitivity. And every time I've got to say it, I'm like, yep, that one. Really spell it out, don't you? Yes. (laughs) Um, So gluten is found in like wheat products, rye, barley, spelt, um, yeast and malt they're like the main products that you can find it in um, so I guess like some of the risks of going gluten-free could be like weight gain so a lot of gluten-free products and snacks like muffins and cookies and stuff can be really high in like refined sugars fat and salt so you know when you're picking those gluten-free snacks it's really important to be looking at the ingredients list and the nutrition labels and seeing what's actually in them and if they're beneficial um another risk factor would be like nutrition deficiencies so when you go gluten-free you they tend these products tend to be lower in like your b vitamins um iron zinc calcium um and they're also really low in fiber because we're removing the gluten um and fiber is so beneficial for our gut health and everything um so yeah it's just to be really mindful of that but um If you are going gluten-free, there are some really other good options that have fibre in them, like quinoa, buckwheat. Mm. Um, They're really high in fibre, so that's really important to be including those into your diet. Um, And sometimes gluten-free products can be really, really expensive. So you can find yourself spending a lot of money on them. Buckwheat sourdough, yes, so expensive. Yes, so that's something to also be really mindful of. Um, And... Yeah, I think, yeah, just having those those in mind are important. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's hard for people because gluten's hidden in so many things, right, as well. So, you know, you listed off sort of where gluten's found and you're going, well, okay, well, it's, you know, in wheat and rye and barley and stuff. Yeah. Going, okay, well, I'm not going and buying wheat or rye or barley, am I? So yeah. where's the issue? And then yes. you start looking and you're like, oh, my chips, they have some wheat in them or yeah. they have like flavorings or they got soy in them and the soy's yeah. got barley in it and there's a yes. range, you know, like Vegemite is a big one as well so having those different products in there I find can be really hard for people to sort of identify and go oh I've actually got to read the ingredient label for everything and that's where things get tricky because they're like well they're only trace amounts am I going to react to it so as a nutritionist you're going well if you're celiac then yeah you are going to react to it or if you go back and listen to my gluten podcast which I did about that six week sort of experiment where I was like okay gonna eat gluten for six weeks do the blood testing am I celiac or not and the way my body reacted and how severely things went you go okay well if you're reacting that severely even if you're not celiac you'd still be removing it and I still remove trace items of it but in saying that because I'm not celiac I'm not scared to share my toaster with my housemate for example whereas if you were celiac you would have your own toaster your own cutting board your own (laughs) knife everything like you really segregate the two so I think it's really important for people to identify go am I just avoiding gluten for one do I have a gluten sensitivity am I gluten intolerant as in like someone like me who's not celiac but reacts quite severely to it or am I celiac because then that's like an autoimmune condition and 
also understanding where it came from like mine came when I had glandular fever I grew up eating Mm -hmm. gluten as a child and I was fine so and also understanding yeah different things you can tolerate like some people can tolerate sourdough and they're totally okay like and other people they can have a little bit on weekends and they're fine but if they ate gluten sources every day they would feel awful so that's I think that's really really important um yeah the other sort of thing that comes up around diet myth cultures is the fact that you need to be skinny to be healthy. And I feel like this, yes. this is, there's a real shift here as well. Like there is that fact of, oh, do you need to be skinny? What does skinny look like? What yeah. does healthy look like? But then we also yeah. see a whole push for health at any size. And you're seeing mm-hmm. really curvy women who are saying, I'm really, yeah. really healthy, but you're seeing them carrying a lot of extra body weight. And you're like, well, yeah. I don't understand also on that aspect as well. Yeah, because you're yeah. like, well, how is that working for your muscles and your joints and your heart and cholesterol yeah. level and things as well? So yeah, do you think there's a push in the diet culture to be skinny I think definitely in the past it has been like a huge thing I feel like everybody thinks skinny is healthier but now I do like you are noticing a lot more campaigns where they've got you know bigger women and everything which is such a great push just to normalize bodies like we're not there's like two percent of the population has like a supermodel body like that's not normal (laughs) it's normal for them but not for a lot of us do you because we're around the same age late 20s early 30s let's just pull it into that yeah (laughs) she's like I'll roll with that do you find as you've gotten older your own perception around your body weight has changed like have you gotten more comfortable a thousand percent more comfortable now like especially after having a kid like I have a two-year-old so before having a kid I was a lot more like noticeable of my weight and a lot more onto it and you know I had time to exercise and everything and take the time to eat really healthy but then after you have a kid your that priority goes down a little bit and you've got your kids your priority now so it's like it kind of gets a bit pushed to the side so yeah, yeah you do and you're more, a lot more accepting of your body yeah. because you realize what it's done yeah yeah that's interesting because obviously I don't yeah. have a child but yeah. <laughs> I see in a lot of women I work with that yeah there is sort of that this self-confidence thinking um drop after having a baby just yeah. because their bodies change so much but at yeah. the same time their focus has changed as well because yeah even though I would never say being single is selfish because I don't believe that, but I also know that when you have a baby, there's a shift that it just can't be on you. Yeah, Yeah. and on your life all the time. So you're kind of thinking about that perspective as well. But there is this this age thing, like, because when I look at myself Mm -hmm. in my early Mm -hmm. 20s to mid 20s and how much I struggled with my body weight and under eating and being a little bit anorexic and that real push towards those things, whereas now... I'm so much more comfortable with where I am. Yes, I can see my weight fluctuate a bit if my periods change or I get too busy and I just don't eat enough all the time, like those kind of things. But it's not a... It's not a daily thing where I wake up and go, oh, I, I hate my body. I'm I not skinny enough. Yeah. Where, when yeah. I was younger, it definitely was a thing. Yeah, definitely. And now you look back at photos and you're like, what was I thinking <laughs> back then? Like, <laughs> I look good. Yeah, so, yeah. I think that's yeah. that's huge. I think a lot of women yeah. sort of go to that. I speak to a lot of women yeah. who go, oh, once I sort of got into my 30s, I was just more comfortable. Like I was just yeah. more happier more with who I was. And I yeah. think health, like health, 
when I work with women, I go, your weight is the last thing to shift and mm-hmm. to change. Let's have regular bowel movements. Let's have good body yeah. temperature. Let's have amazing sex. Let's have good yeah. skin. Let's have yes. healthy periods. Like to me, barrel the signs yeah. of health as opposed to the number on the scales. The yes. Scales, yeah. yeah. Yes. You want to feel healthy and you want to feel happy and you want to put on your clothes and feel comfortable, yeah. but you also want to be able to move and have energy and do all those other yeah. things too. Yeah, I feel like exercising, like I've only just gotten back into regular exercising since having a baby and I instantly just feel better. Like I've not necessarily lost any weight or anything like that. I just feel good about myself because I know I'm doing the right thing as well. Like just getting out there and moving. For mental health as well. Like I know that, you know, getting back into exercise and just moving each day, you just feel feel better, right? Better and feel that little bit stronger as well. Like when you stop exercising for quite a long time and it's not that you feel weak, but when you do exercise regularly like that, you just yeah you just feel better so yeah like you said some of those indicators of good health um I think we kind of chatted about a lot of those but that that moving those bowel movements your energy I think energy is a big one yeah yeah Yeah. yeah not having that crash in the afternoon as well do you Um, can you chat a little bit about menstrual cycles do you think that's an indicator of good health and what would they look like if you weren't healthy I think with menstrual cycles like they're like quite they're linked with your hormones so Mm. you'd have if they're not regular if you have quite heavy periods or long periods or you know Mm. they're irregular you're not getting them at the same time each month um there's a lot of clotting you know that relates back to hormonal issues which yeah yeah Yeah. is an indicator of yeah something needs to be changed or adjusted yeah and I guess that will tie into other things like your skin or your hair or yes, your nails, yes. that kind of Definitely. stuff. And then yeah, sleep. But tell me about a young mum. Like, how can <laughs> sleep be an indicator of health? You don't get much sleep. No. <laughs> so how... we're on the other side oh. of it now. She's sleeping so much more than she ever slept as a newborn. It's so random. You can't pick it. But, um, yeah, not getting enough sleep is pretty common with a young mum yeah (laughs) Um, having a a young baby um so I think it's important to have like regular bedtimes um having a routine for them definitely helps because it gets you into a routine too um do you think that impacted your health and your healing and your mindset early on then because don't we always say that sleep is the biggest recovery like if you could do anything for your health please sleep eight hours a night like that's your your number one so if you're not doing that yeah well I can say like my skin after I had a baby my skin got really bad and that I definitely hormonal like all my hormones had adjusted from Mm. having a baby and everything so and they're not sleeping like you're a little bit more stressed than usual because you're like am I doing it right what am I doing wrong um so that all definitely comes into play as well and yeah the lack of sleep yeah 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 I think sleep's a big one and also your then your capacity to deal with things right so I know what I'm like until three hours sleep yeah let alone having that consistently and then having a baby that you're trying to look after and care for and do your own stuff and try exercise and try eat well and you know be that person (laughs) for all the people because as women we are we show up for every single person every single day and we take that for granted like that's just our role and I think that's really hard on lack of sleep and I feel like it's funny your body I feel like is a lot smarter than you think like 
towards the end of your pe- my pregnancy, I wasn't sleeping well at all. And I feel like your body's like prepping you for yeah. baby. Like, <laughs> oh, your man. lack of sleep is coming. So we're not going to let you sleep. You get, like, I've got so baby. much to look forward to in the next yeah. couple of years if I have a baby. <laughs> Yay, lack of sleep. Um, and then one other myth that we often see comes mm-hmm. up is around fructose, sugars, mm-hmm. fruits. Can you chat a little bit about that? What, you know, like what, what's the go with fruit and sugar and should it be avoided or when can we eat it and when can't we? Yeah. So I feel like we hear a lot of uh, sugar is the enemy. Um, you know, yes. <laughs> there's a lot of that on social media. Um, so you've got to like, you've got your monosaccharides, which are your simple sugars. They're like, you can't break them down any further. That includes like your glucose, fructose and galactose. Then you've got your disaccharides, which are your two, like two monosaccharides together. So you've got your sucrose, lactose and maltose. Um, so the sugars that we should be watching out for in our food would be your free sugars. Um, these are sugars, they're natural, but they've been taken out of their natural source and they're being added into like your drinks and snacks and just to make foods taste better, basically. Um, and they contain like very little nutritional value. Um, so again, it's also important to be looking at your ingredients and what's, what are in the foods that you're buying, like how much sugar is in them. Um, so whilst fructose is it's a free it can be added into your product as a free sugar in a very high amount so that's what makes it like dangerous and harmful yeah but when you're eating your fruit it yeah it's got the fructose in it but it's not in these excessive high amounts and it's got fiber with it right yeah you've got your fiber you've got your vitamins and your minerals um and so yeah that's why you shouldn't be avoiding fruit yeah 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 and the thing with fruit is as well like yes if you eat it like we talk about balancing blood sugar right yeah. as nutritionists that's one of our key thing that we do balance someone's freaking blood yeah. sugar stop insulin diabetes pcos all that stuff yeah. but if you're eating fruit by itself, you can still have that blood sugar spike, right? So yeah. I always say to people, well, cool, have fruit because like I have three, four bits of fruit a day because I need yeah. those carbs because I'm exercising yeah. so much. But have yeah. your fruit, but then have a little bit of fat or a little bit of protein with it. Have it with the boiled egg, have yeah. it with a couple slices yeah. of cheese, have it with your yogurt, yeah. like have it with something so that you stabilize that spike. And I often see yeah. that in acne as well because there's this... Mm spike in the sugars all the time then you see an aggravation of acne or i see in the pcos picture and the androgens that you they're always like snacking the girls always snacking Mm -hmm. and grabbing things but without just having your kind of key macronutrients together so it, it just throws it out a bit um yeah obviously for those listening who are working with me and are doing a SIBO diet like you've done this small intestine bacterial breath test and you're like okay mm-hmm. positive for methane hydrogen SIBO on yeah. a low FODMAP diet there's certain fructoses that you will react to so for example yeah. stone fruits or that's more the sorbitol but um, mangoes yeah. or bananas in high amounts you're gonna react to because your body is malabsorbing that fructose but that yeah. is a different issue because that's a bacterial dysbiosis issue right yeah. so I think it's really important for people and this comes back to this whole myths thing is separating yeah. going I've got SIBO or I've got candida or I've got a bacterial dysbiosis in my gut what works for like me 
is different than you know what works for the girl next door like because I've healed my gut I need all that fruit because I need all that sugar because again for exercise we'll chat about that in the next episode but just it's it's going to be different and then some people might have SIBO might not react to fructose at all that only react to like um some of your other ones like your polyols or um like your goss in your garlic and onion for example which I found when I had gut dysbiosis, I reacted to legumes, but I never reacted mm-hmm. to fruit. So everyone's really, really different. different. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to consume fructose or you're going to consume those sugars, I always said people have them with um, fat and protein to keep that balanced and then also monitor your overall intake. And if you have quote unquote IBS, Mm -hmm. please make sure you do some testing. Yes, testing. Awesome. So thank you so much for jumping on the podcast today and chatting through some of those things. I really appreciate it. And for anyone listening, um, yeah, this is Lara. Get used to her voice because she will be around a bit more uh, and it's just nice to have someone on the podcast sometimes to chat these things through and also yeah. because when you're studying nutrition you're kind of learning stuff that I forget yeah. as well because I'm like oh yes. yeah that's right I don't really see or approach those side of things as well so it's yeah. good so thank no, you for having me um, and if you enjoyed this episode please make sure you give us a sneaky review we would love that a lot otherwise connect with us on socials Uh, all the links will be in the bio and we'll talk to you soon thank you thank you for listening to another episode of the empowered hormone podcast if you know a female who needs some empowerment please forward repost tag or share and let's get women talking